The Deakin Law Student Society acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. We pay our respects to Wurundjeri elders past, present and emerging and extend this respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait elders and people from other communities. Hi Izzy, welcome back to another episode of Before the Court. How are you? I'm good, Bailey Jean. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm very excited for today's episode to learn all about criminal law. Do you mind introducing our guest for us? Yeah, no problem. So our guest today is Natasha Poppin. Uh, Natasha clerked at Colter Legal and the Office of Public Prosecutions in 2021. She immersed herself in university at La Trobe by being part of many competitions, including the Vismoot. The Vismoot is one of the largest international moots. She completed her double degree in Bachelor of Laws with Honours and Bachelor of Arts, majoring in Creative and Professional Writing. Natasha completed her graduate year at the Office of Public Prosecutions, is now a solicitor there. She now joins us for this episode of Before the Court to share her experience working in criminal law at the Office of Public Prosecutions. Hi, Natasha. Thank you for joining us on Before the Court today. Uh, how was your day? Yeah, it was good. It was very busy. How about yours? It was a crazy Tuesday, but it was okay. Uh, so we'll start off with the first question. Can you please describe your career in three words? Absolutely. I would say fulfilling, uh, stimulating and diverse. So fulfilling because criminal law and prosecutions work, it's really meaningful. We work on behalf of the state and the community and our work has, oh, I'd like to think it has a tangible impact on the community. Uh, stimulating because it's intellectually challenging work and I certainly learn something new every day, whether that's through my cases or through my colleagues at work. And diverse because every day and every case in this job is different and there's never a dull moment. Wow, it's a, a great career to have then if you can describe it in those three words, definitely making a career at the OPP sound quite interesting already. We're only into the first question. Do you mind though taking us through your background and your journey as to how you ended up in your role at the OPP? Yeah, absolutely. So I studied a Bachelor of Laws with Honours and a Bachelor of Arts at La Trobe, uh, graduating in 2021. So my degree was about five years in total doing a double degree. I also worked part-time as a paralegal in personal injury law while I was studying. And I did a lot of moots or mock trial competitions in uni, which really fostered my interest in litigation and in advocacy work. I then went through the clerkship application process in my penultimate year, and I had the opportunity to undertake two seasonal clerkships, one of which was at the OPP. So the OPP clerkship was the first time that I'd been exposed to criminal law. And it really solidified that this was the area for me. The work was really interesting. I loved being in court and I loved the people focus aspect to it as well. Um, just getting to work so closely with social workers, police, with victims of crime. The clerkship was just, it was so much fun. Um, I had the opportunity to shadow solicitors and assist on their files. And I sat in on so many different types of hearings in the county court. 
and actually got to watch a murder trial in the Supreme Court, which was really, really interesting. It was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, did the clerkship. And after I graduated, I received an offer to complete the legal traineeship program at the OPP last year. So as a legal trainee, I spent my graduate year rotating through four different teams at the office. Uh, so that was the county court appeals team, the policy and specialised legal team, proceeds of crime and the trial division. And I also completed my supervised legal training alongside my traineeship. So I did SLT at the Leah Cousin Centre for Law. And I was admitted as a legal practitioner in April this year, so April 2023. Congratulations on getting admitted. That's very exciting. Just before we move on, do you mind talking to us a little bit more about what it was like jumping from personal injury into criminal law and those differences? Yeah, of course. So the skills that you learn as a paralegal, for me in personal injury law, but in other areas of law, they're certainly transferable to criminal law particularly with dealing with people. When I was a paralegal in personal injury law, I did a lot of client intake. So that involved talking to people who, you know, have suffered an injury or gone through some sort of traumatic event and are now when they are seeking compensation of some sort. And that was really transferable to working with victims of crime in criminal law, you know, equally people who have been through uh, some sort of traumatic event or been adversely affected by crime in some way. So those uh, communication skills, those interpersonal skills were really quite easily able to be adapted in criminal law. It sounds like those skills won't be needed anywhere when you're dealing, I guess, directly with the client or sensitive situations. So I guess it was a very nice way to get into criminal law, having that experience in personal injury. Thank you for talking us through that. What is the department that you work in at the Office of Public Prosecutions? So I currently work in the trial division. I started in the trial division in November. That was my final rotation as part of the traineeship and I've settled there since being admitted. So in the trial division we prepare and prosecute cases from start to finish. So that's from the moment that a brief of evidence comes to our office all the way through to a trial or to a plea hearing and to a sentence. Take any amount of time. There's no set time for how long one case would take to finalise because, of course, every matter is different. Um, adding to that, it's a really varied caseload that we have in the trial division with everything from drug matters to fraud to sex offences. So it gives trial division solicitors exposure to a range of matters and helps build a really diverse skill set, which is great experience for me as a junior solicitor. What does the area of prosecution encompass and how does it differ from defence, which might be what a lot more people have been exposed to or understand from what they study at law school in our core units? Yeah, of course. So look, the Office of Public Prosecutions and Prose Prosecutions work in general, that involves working on behalf of the state and the community in prosecuting serious crimes. So we work on behalf of the Director of Public Prosecutions, Kerry Judd, and our job is to help bring the evidence against the accused person in a case. So we bear the onus of proof in criminal law um, as opposed to defence, which is, I guess you could say, on the other side and acting for the and acting in their best interest. 
Thank you for that. What does a typical workday look like for you as you deal with all areas? So honestly, every single day in this job is different. There are just so many different things that come under the work of a trial division solicitor. We review briefs of evidence. We draft advice when we get plea offers, which is, you know, an offer to resolve a matter. So an offer by the accused to plead guilty. We also conference with victims. We instruct barristers in hearings or in trials in the county and Supreme Court. So a lot of different tasks. No workday is ever the same, but it might be easier to explain what I might do in a week. So if I get a new file or a new case, I might spend some time reading a brief, which is really just a compilation of all of the evidence in the matter. Um, I might have some discussions with defence and I might draft advice if they uh, give us a plea offer. I also prepare memos and briefs of evidence to barristers for hearings and working with other people really is uh, such a large part of the job, especially with stakeholders. So we work really closely with Victoria Police, uh, with victims of crime as well. We interact with the courts and with defence. So I would regularly have conferences scheduled with barristers or with victims to discuss the matter and to get their views or give them an update on a case. So that's sort of the task that I would do on a regular day, but ultimately we spend a lot of time in court as well. So I would usually have at least one or two matters in the magistrate's court every week. And at least once a week or once a fortnight, I would instruct a barrister in a hearing in the county court and sometimes the Supreme Court. Um, and that could be any type of hearing. So preparing for a trial or a plea hearing or a sentence. And that's really most of the work that I do every day. So it's always changing. Probably the only thing that stays the same is that I start every single work day with a coffee. <laughs> that's a priority. I don't blame you. I think that's how most people start their work days. I don't know if you'll be able to really provide an answer to this one, but how would your work day differ to defence in terms of how much time you spend in court? Is there a large difference there or do you think it's quite similar? I don't know if there's a particularly large difference in defence work. Defence lawyers might end up spending more time in the magistrate's court than we do. We actually have our own internal advocacy team at the OPP. Um, so we brief a lot of our advocates to do hearings in the magistrate's court. They also do pleas and sentences in the county court and sometimes in the Supreme Court as well. So we probably spend a little bit less time appearing in court than a defence lawyer, but we instruct in court, I'd say maybe the same amount. So it's hard to tell really. Thank you. And that's yeah, really, really helpful. Really nice to also understand again, that difference and exactly what the nature of the OPP is for anyone looking at moving into a grad position there. What is a internal advocacy unit? That's a really good question. Sorry, I should have clarified. So we have a team of solicitor advocates. So they are solicitors who do or who specialise, I should say, um, appearance work in court. So that involves, you know, speaking in court, um, drafting documents, you know, and they do a lot of the work that a barrister would do. Um, so that's what our, that's the work 
aspect of our advocacy team. Hopefully I've summarised it properly and done, done them justice. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. What type of professional and personal skills do you think it takes to succeed in criminal law and more specifically within prosecution? In terms of personal skills, I would say empathy and resilience. Empathy, not just for victims, but for the accused person as well. And achieving good outcomes for all stakeholders involved. Uh, It's not just, you know, us versus them or one side versus the other. I think to achieve a, a good outcome for everyone, that's really integral to our criminal justice system. But also resilience. I think that criminal law is an emotionally challenging industry and it can be difficult when you don't get the outcome that you hoped for. There are a lot of difficult conversations to be had in this line of work and some tough decisions to be made. So resilience is definitely a skill that will serve you well, you know, just staying positive and staying motivated through challenging times. In terms of professional skills, I would say having good interpersonal, good communication skill would serve you well. We work with, as I said before, many different stakeholders, police, defence, the courts, victims of crime, even forensic experts. So I think that if you can build good relationships with everyone that you come across, at least in my experience, it will really help you progress your work and make your life a lot easier. And it can definitely be intimidating at the start, especially if you're a little bit introverted like me. As a junior solicitor and as a trainee, I would shadow solicitors in their conferences with some of our stakeholders. And I would participate in any sort of victim conferencing workshops that I could. And that was just to help build my confidence. So it's not a skill that you have to be amazing at to get a job in prosecutions, but it's definitely one to focus on developing as you go. Communication does seem very important, being able to talk and communicate to everyone and make sure everyone is on the same page at once. I guess kind of piggybacking off that, we note that you participated in quite a few moots whilst you were at university, including the Viz Moot, which is the largest moot in the world, I believe. How do you think that um, set of skills has helped you so far in your career? I think that the skills I picked up in mooting and my mooting experience, as I said before, that was what really solidified for me that I wanted to work in criminal law. And that's because there's a lot of advocacy or a lot of appearance work in criminal law. You spend a lot of time in court just because of the nature of the work. And I knew that I wanted to be in court and I wanted to advocate for people. So that really helped. But also just generally moving really helps with your public speaking and your confidence skills. And Of course, as I mentioned before, your communication skills, and that is really, really integral to the work of a criminal lawyer. So I think that if you can challenge yourself to do um, some extracurriculars like mooting, I think it will really help you um, in terms of coming into legal practice. A lot of the skills from mooting are transferable to actual practice as a solicitor which is hard in law school because you do a lot of theory, but you don't always do too much practical work. And there's a pretty drastic difference between studying and practicing law. Um, so that that really, really helped me. I know the Deakin Law Student Society offer a range of competitions. Uh, 
which are posted on our Facebook and Instagram pages for the listeners who are interested in uh, trying to apply their skills and getting better at communication and even confidence like Natasha has spoken about. You mentioned previously, Natasha, that you clerked at the Office of Public uh, Prosecutions, then received a legal traineeship offer. Can you talk us through the hiring process in that process and if you know what the hiring process is if you don't do a clerk at the Office of Public Prosecutions, if possible? Yeah, absolutely. So my pathway was quite specific. As you said, I came through the OPP through the seasonal clerkship process. So the OPP is a signatory to the LIV guidelines. Um, And through that process, I had to put in a written application. Um, Thereafter, there was some psychometric testing followed by an assessment centre. So the assessment centre involves working on real examples of cases Um, And that's so you can get a real sense of the type of work done by the office and see if it's something you enjoy and something that's a good fit for you. And then the final stage of the clerkship uh, process was a panel-based interview. So it's quite extensive. Um, Obviously, it's a competitive and highly sought-after clerkship, but it's definitely worth it. And everyone that I dealt with coming through the recruitment process was so lovely. Um, So I was successful in getting a clerkship and I came through and completed it and then became a legal trainee um, through the priority offers that are made to that seasonal clerkship cohort. Um, So this is obviously a specific program that the OPP runs as an organisation, but there are always pathways into the OPP. So they do um, hire junior solicitors and they usually advertise those um, entry-level roles twice a year um, and that's run through the careers victoria website so that's a standard recruitment process with interviews etc thank you for talking us through those processes obviously as you um talked to us about earlier you work um representing our community i guess so how much contact do you have directly with the police and with the victims of the crimes So the OPP works very closely with Victoria Police and with victims of crime. In terms of our relationship with police, we do work with Victoria Police at all stages of the prosecution process. So briefs of evidence are sent to our office for all serious indictable criminal offences in Victoria. And we work closely with police when it comes to reviewing charges and preparing matters for different types of hearings, particularly when uh, witnesses are required to give evidence. We, in terms of our uh, our obligations to victims, we have obligations to victims under the Victims Charter Act 2006, and that's to ensure that victims and people who are adversely affected by crime are acknowledged and respected and provided with support throughout this process. More specifically, we have obligations to keep victims informed and updated throughout all stages of the file. Um, We have obligations to obtain their views and to provide them with reasons for any prosecution decisions that we make. And that's to comply with the principles of the Charter, which is ultimately to recognise the impact of crime and to help reduce the likelihood of secondary victimisation by the criminal justice system. We actually have an in-house victims and witness assistance service, 
and a social worker is assigned to every matter involving a victim. So as solicitors, we work really closely with the social workers in, in approaching victims of crime. Um, and for me personally, it's the most fulfilling part of the job. I really enjoy working with people and it's nice to see the positive impact that our work can have on individuals and within the broader community. Yes, I think uh, many of our listeners would be interested in having uh, more of a client-based day instead of dealing with businesses all day, such as in commercial law. Being successful into clerkships, do you have any tips for students when going through the clerkship process? That's a good question. I think at the end of the day, you just need to show that you are passionate about the work. The nature of criminal law can be really challenging at times. And I think you really need to have a passion for it to get through um, those more difficult times at work. So I think that reaching out to solicitors on LinkedIn and asking them about what the work is like um, is a really good way to see if it's somewhere that you think you might like to work. And it's certainly good to ask them about their experiences as well, get some, you know, insider info if I, if I can use that word. But also think about what sort of skills you have that you think would make you a good fit for criminal law and for the work at the OPP. As I said before, I didn't have any criminal law experience. I came from personal injury law. And if you're coming from another area of law or you're coming from defence work, um, you always have something to offer. So think about what sort of skills you have that could be transferable to some of the work that I've talked about earlier today. Thank you, Natasha. You've clearly had quite a wonderful career so far, but how have you stayed motivated throughout your career and through your studies? And what advice can you share with all the students who are at the beginning of their careers but might be struggling to find that little bit of motivation? For me, I have great uh, friends from law school and great colleagues who I debrief with or debrief with after difficult days. Um, so we can always have a laugh and find the fun and the humour in what is a very difficult job in a very difficult industry. And that's not just limited to criminal law. Any area of law is the same. I think finding people to lean on and to support you will keep you motivated to come to work every day. So yeah, that, that's certainly how I stay motivated. In terms of my day-to-day -day work, I think that getting good outcomes for everyone involved in a prosecution keeps me motivated as well um, through those more difficult days because you just remember, you know, it's all for a purpose and the joy of getting to conference with a victim at the end of the matter and explain a good outcome, there's really no better feeling. So that's how I stay motivated at work. Motivation is always hard for students, I think, during exam periods. Uh, I guess trying to look at the end goal um, is always helpful uh, as well in your career. Do you have any advice for future law students looking to work at the Office of Public Prosecutions? I think just what I said earlier, you know, keep in mind that there's a lot of ways to get to the OPP if that's where you want to end up. And my pathway is just one of many. I know that going through the seasonal clerkship process is incredibly stressful as a law student because you're going through, you know, all of these uh, interviews with um, so many other people. It's so competitive. 
and there's so much pressure to get a clerkship and then to get a graduate offer, but that's not the only way to get a job in law and certainly not at the OPP. There's always avenues to get where you want to be um, and any experience is good experience. So you could go to, if you wanted to get into criminal law and you wanted to come to the OPP, defence work is really valuable experience. So is working at the courts as an associate. Um, there's so many other firms and organisations well that you could start your career at. So yeah, don't don't give up, don't lose hope, and there's always a way to get where you want to be. Thank you for that. Thank you for that little bit of hope and a little bit of motiva motivation. Natasha, for our final question, we always like to ask our guests what they'd be doing as their career if they weren't working as a solicitor. So what do you think you would be doing? Oh, that's a good question. I mentioned earlier I have an arts degree. I actually majored in creative and professional writing just because I, I always loved reading and writing when I was younger. And I think I would have loved to go into editing and publishing had I not been a lawyer. Yeah, wow, very different. But I, I guess you can also make the connection between the need for being a good communicator, but on paper, if you were to go yeah. through that publishing career. Thank you for joining us. It's been so lovely chatting and learning about your career. And I think I can speak for both Izzy and I and our listeners that we can't wait to see where your career goes because you are really only at the beginning of it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.